Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday. It's January 2nd, 2018, and we're here at the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And today we're reading from Bill's story, and we're on page 11. We're going to be reading and commenting on two paragraphs. One beginning paragraph three, but my friend sat before me, and ending in paragraph four, and this was none at all. And today's readers for the 12 Steps of OA will be Carol H. The 12 Traditions will be Leslie M. And the readers of our text this morning will be Elaine T., Cynthia Y., and Stephanie L. And our newcomer greeter is Melanie so wait for that. And again, um, our two sheer IDs, that's a five-digit number, for yesterday, which was Monday, January 1st, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 10,861. That's 10861. And for this morning, Tuesday, January 2nd, for our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 10,864, that's 10864. Our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So at this time, I will now ask Carol H. to please read OA's 12 steps. Start one to one mute. Good morning, Janice. This is Carol H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thanks for your service today. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, Carol H. Now I will ask kindly for Leslie M. to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Leslie M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. And thank you so much, Leslie M., for doing service. How our meeting works here. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're reading, we're studying, and we're going to resume it um, in the big book on page 11, beginning with paragraph three, but our friend sat, but my friend sat before me, and I will now ask Elaine T, please, to keep, to start our reading. Elaine? Hi, Janice. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, my fellow visionaries. Um, I'm Elaine T, recovered compulsive overeater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap, to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. Okay. Um, well, this paragra- these two paragraphs remind me that... Um, God has done for me what I could not do for myself. And it was, and it has been more than just the food issue. Um, However, I tend to forget and concentrate on the food issue and then take my will back into all other kinds of things and find out that, you know what, my human will still fails. Um, I don't know that doctors had pronounced me incurable, but I know a bunch of people had in terms of my behaviors and um, especially controlling. Um, And it took me a while to admit complete defeat. Actually, that's just with the food. Then I have to, and each day I have to admit defeat over whatever's happening. And sometimes I don't even think about that. And gratefully, I listen to this meeting. I go to -to face-to-face meetings. Um, and other people remind me that I am powerless and that um, the best I can do is turn my will and my life over to this higher power who can do for me what I could never, ever do for myself. Um, I will say that the experience of uh, God in my life has shown me that um, it's the best life I could ever want that um, things that I was afraid of, um, money, for example. I retired when I was 62. I am 64 and eight-tenths or something today. (laughs) But the bottom line is I'll be 65 in February and I'm already retired and I'm having the time of my life. And I would have been afraid to do that had I not been in this program. I would never have considered... um, you know, giving up having a job and an income and, and, you know, and all the stress and the wonderful crap that went on with that. So um, this program has helped me put down my alcoholic substances, um, admit defeat, try to listen to my higher power, which I have to practice every day, um, and remind myself that I am powerless over people, places, and things, 
and that if I turn my life over to a higher power who loves me, who wants the best for me, he opens up doors and marvelous experiences and wonderful people who walk into my life and several thousands of you on the phone. And with that, I will pass. And thank you so much, Elaine T. Okay, we're going to open it up now. Uh, for anyone that would like to comment on paragraph three and four on page eleven, Roz G. I didn't Lady. hear too many. Roz G. All right, let's do Roz D. Somebody B. Ginger C. Beverly R. Ginger C. Mo. Beverly R. Mo. Okay, just a moment. Mo, what is it? I get H. Mo Wade and Okay, dear, got it. What about is that, is that Beverly? Beverly R. Okay, I got you, Beverly. Beverly R. Next. Len. I hear a, ma- a male. Is it Glenn or Len? Len P. Len P. That's it. That's it. Okay, we're going to take this group and we'll be open to get more, you know, hear more after this group. We're going to start with Roz D, I think. Is it Roz D? Or B? Something to do with the phone. G. Roz G. Sorry about that, Roz. Please go ahead. No problem. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Janice. My name is Roz G, as in good, um, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North uh, uh Los Angeles County. I just wanted to um, focus on his human will had failed. Um, the word failure, it, 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 come, it used to come with um, negative consequences for me. And I belong to an organization where every year we have a slogan to carry us through a year. And one of the slogans that um, the administrator had come up with was, failure is not an option. And uh, I worked under it, and I went along with it, but to me, failure is an option. Failure is a place where I can hit a bottom and have nowhere else to look but up. And I remember Thomas Edison had said that, you know, his failures were um, learning. They were learning opportunities for him, growth opportunities. I forget the quote, but look what he did for humankind. So... Today, you know, I don't particularly want to fail. I don't move in the direction toward failure, but I recognize failure. And when I recognize failure, that's my bottom, and I have nowhere to go but up. And I failed uh, at trying to control eating, um, at trying to diet, and I was a failure at every single one of them. And I am very grateful for that because a power greater than myself picked me up and brought me to these rooms, brought me to these steps. And with that, um, I just want to say that I am a, I'm a, I'm a success. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Raj G. Okay, we have Ginger C. You're up. Hi. Good morning, Janice. Can you hear me? Oh, I can. Oh, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. And um, Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado. And I'm just, this is just so powerful from this morning's talk. And I'm just hearing this again. You know, it's just a miracle. 
an absolute miracle that I am sitting in my car right now on my way to work, about to go in, but that I am not eating today. And I am so grateful that I'm no longer in the prison of the bite. I never thought I would be able to be out of this food addiction. It was so on top of me, and it took me to such ugly places because, unfortunately, any addiction that progresses, it never gets better. It only gets worse. But the power in this paragraph and the beauty, first and foremost, always giving credit where credit's due because all of us have been touched by God's love, and that's where it all began. But thank God, too, for these Ebbies. You know, my Abby saw me dying, and she knew I was in a really bad place, and she never stopped texting me. And at times, I would be like, stop it. I'm eating chocolate. I don't want vision for you or your phone meetings or whatever's going on. But thank God she never stopped because, you know, there was that one day, that one day, and we don't know when that day is. And it happened. It happened for me, and it can happen for anyone that's suffering right now in the food. You just don't know how this miraculous God is working, and that's the gift. It's none of my business how God works. I just have to let go of the wheel. I have to surrender like this passage says, complete defeat. Are you out of ideas? Is the pain great enough now today? Let today's pain be enough. Don't take it down the elevator any further. But thank God for that, Evie, because you know what? Her depth and weight, I knew how she ate. And then I got to see this light go on in her and these miraculous changes. And I knew there was something there. And I wanted it. So thank God for the light that we do carry today. And the most important thing is that light doesn't go out because so many people are still in the dark. They don't see any light. And I have a gift today, and anyone recovered has such a powerful gift, we can avert misery and death. You know, this stuff is so powerful, it just freaks me out sometimes. So my most important job, again, is always on page 77. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God, because God does not wear flesh. We do. We're walking on this earth. And our examples are powerful, so it's not what you're talking about. It's walking it and being out in this world and reaching that hand back to that person that's in the quicksand because they're there and they need your hand. And I just pray that I never see food as any type of solution ever again, and I stay in this fit spiritual condition a day at a time because that's all I have, a daily reprieve. Wash, rinse, repeat, people. Here we go. It's another new day, and I hope you make it grand. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Ginger C. Okay, Mo H., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Mo H., Recovered Compulsive Eater from Northern California. Can you hear me, Janice? I can, Mo. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you for your service. And uh, good morning and Happy New Year to everyone on the line. Well, I am just hearing... God, I always hear God when I uh, tune into this, uh, dial into this phone phone line. I am so glad that my sponsor put me onto it about two years ago. But I want to talk about the God piece for me. When I first came into the rooms, oh, I forgot to start my timer. When I first came into the rooms uh, 28 years ago, um, I thought I had the God piece because I had religion. 
and I had a background in, in my religion. And so I skipped steps two and three very quickly. I did one, I thought, and I got two and three because I know God and blah, blah, blah. But I had to learn after many uh, slips and relapses and leaving the rooms for a period of time and coming back and two years ago being face down into the sugar terribly around this time of year um, that I hadn't really completely given my life and my will over to that God, to that higher power for myself, completely. Um, I was I was like the share on Sunday. I was being compliant. I was just following, but I had not surrendered. And so I'm so grateful today that I stayed. My mantra in the rooms is to stay in the rooms. Don't leave until the miracle happens because it happened for me two years ago. Uh, number one, by my sponsor taking me through the big book line by line. And number two, by listening to these meetings. And number three, by me surrendering um, everything, including uh, daily activities. So when I start my day out God-centered and all throughout the day, it's God-consciousness. And I am just so, so grateful for all that I'm learning and continue to learn from all of you. And all of you are my gods with skin on, and I really appreciate it. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And we appreciate you. Thank you, Mo H. It is your turn, Beverly R. Beverly? Hello, this is Beverly R. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. It's Beverly R. Gracefully Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Gaithersburg, Maryland, Eastern Standard Time. And... The thing I liked about this passage, they say that when when he recovered, he was a, a hundred, I think they said a hundred times better than before. And with other illnesses, we're lucky to be halfway to get back half of our function. But it, with when we become members of Overeaters Anonymous, we are a hundred times more better, and it's physical, emotional, and spiritual recovery. And we really become changed persons, and we really experience a miracle in our lives. And I want to say that I'm a walking, talking miracle. And I liken um, OA to a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. But the tunnel is choked with garbage. And in OA, we dig away at the garbage to reach the light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but in OA, it's... But the tunnel, I'm sorry, is choked with garbage. And in OA, we dig away at the tunnel to reach the light at the end of the tunnel. And I have been a believer all my life. I've believed in God all my life. But because of my... The mess I was in, I was unable to access his power until I, be I became a faithful member of Overeaters Anonymous. With that, I pass. And we don't leave our number now. Hello? Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Beverly Art. Thank you, my dear. Okay, it's Len P. It's your turn. 
Len P. Uh, this is Len P. from sunny California, and uh, uh, Happy New Year to everyone. And I am absolutely grateful that I am in recovery today. Today, my life is, uh, I'm in the promises of the life. I'm not in the bedevilment of, of the disease. And uh, what is so beautiful about it is my life is 180 degrees different than uh, it was. You know, my, my life, when it was over 450 pounds, was just consumed with uh, the bedevilments of the disease. It was consumed with uh, just really not finding any joy in anything. It didn't matter how much money that I threw at this problem or trying to make myself happy. Uh, internally, I was miserable. And, you know, Bill had to hit that bottom. And in his story, you know, he's saved by a miracle that sat across his uh, the table from him. And I had the honor to sit at that table when I went to the Vision for You um, conference a couple months ago and sit with my sponsor at that very same table and you know it is a miracle you know because that's exactly what he said he said across from me sat a miracle and Ebby was a miracle because he was in recovery and he didn't think it possible you know and uh, I didn't think it was possible I was resigned to the idea that I was going to die a morbidly obese man I was already on my way. I already had diabetes, had a heart attack when I was 39, had, uh, you know, suicidal ideation, and, and just in a miserable, horrible place. And today, you know, I'm in recovery. And today I could do things that I never thought were possible. And, you know, when you're in that mindset of the disease, you don't think things are possible. You All you think about is negativity, and that's all I did. And I, you know, my life was just about eating. It was just about altering my perception of reality. My reality being that I was an obese man and angry and resentful and all these things. And what program has teach me was that uh, I can recover on all three levels. I could, you know, recover from the physical allergy of this disease, but also live a life that's aligned with God's will and live in emotional and uh, spiritual sobriety. And uh, I'm so grateful for that today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Len P. Okay, just a reminder at this time that we're on page 11. We're, we're commenting on page um, paragraph 3 and paragraph 4, where it ends, and this was none at all. Okay, who would like to comment on these two paragraphs? Cheryl A. I heard Cheryl A, but I did I hear Tina? Gina. Gina R. Gina. Gina R. Oh, Sherry K B. Sherry K B. Terry A. O. I think I heard Terry H. Wendy. Terry yes. H and Kathleen O. We're gonna go with those five for now. And if we have more time we'll continue. Okay, thank you. Sherry um Sherry A. Hi, this is Cheryl A. from Brookline, Massachusetts. Can I be heard? Cheryl A. Yes, you can. Hi, everyone. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Brookline. And um, 
the part of the reading that I wanted to talk about is the part where it talks about, you know, that that power could not have originated within him. Um, it took me, related to food, it took me many, many years to get that concept that that power does not originate within me as it relates to my ability to not compulsively eat. Um, I had to have a kind of surrender that was broken on my knees where I couldn't stop eating and I couldn't eat. Like at that, that, that's the kind of surrender that I needed where I was so broken within myself that I finally got, that's that point. I can't eat and I can't not eat. And, um, and that's the point where I realized there is nothing within me that I can rely on that will help me refrain from compulsive overeating. And with that kind of a surrender, I was able to kind of move on to the, to the idea of steps two and three. It's taken me many more years to grasp that concept as it relates to how I live my life, whether I overdo or don't overdo. Um, and getting to the point of extreme physical symptoms, wearing out my earth suit, just wearing out my earth suit down to the bones where I'm able to apply that this is actually for me not just about food. That is just the outermost layer of the way that my disease manifests itself. This is a disease of how I operate, how I think, how I run myself, what I think I can do, what I'm capable of doing. That part of me is broken inside because left to my own devices, I will overdo and and overdo and not sleep and just break down my earth suit to the point that I just can't really function well in this world. And the beauty of steps two is that there is a power. I just can't find it um, within the constructs of the, my physicality. I've got to find it. I access it inside myself, as it tells us in the big book, but I've got to find it outside my self-will. It, I don't have it. And miracles, it just says down at the bottom of that paragraph about miracles. You know, it is a miracle because I, to function, it, it might as well have been like learning Mandarin Chinese for me, the way that I can function today when I am in relationship with a higher power that guides every part of my life. And what I've learned only recently is that while I used to think that I had to act myself into right thinking as it related to my food issue and as it relates to everything else in my life, I've got to pause myself into right acting. The actions actually aren't enough for me. 10, 11, and 12 means I've got to pause and stop and bring God into the moment. I can't just bring um, right action in through, okay, let me think about this. I've got to get meta around it. I've got to transcend my, the, my operating system as it, if, if the, when the disease is infected. If I'm not in a treated state, I will rely on um, disease functionality. I've got to pause, access the, that power, and then move into right action from that point. If I don't plug my lamp into the wall, I, if I stare at it, it doesn't matter how many times I stare at it, the lamp won't go on. Got to plug it into the wall. And that plug into the wall is Time. about pause. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass.
And thank you, Cheryl A. Okay, Gina, uh, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice, PM. Thank you so much. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. I wanted to um, piggyback on um, what Rajji was talking about on the word failure. And for me, I had learned so early on how to um, manage myself in such a way to try to anticipate what other people needed or were going to do so that I could keep out of harm's way and stay out of trouble, so to speak. And so I got beset with um, a way of living where perfectionism really took over. And so if, if things were not lined up in a certain way for me in my outside world, then my inside world was just completely falling apart. And that's how I lived for so many years. And what I understand now about failure is it's not that it's the opposite of success. It's actually part of success. Um, someone else is quoted as saying failure or success is a pile of failures that you stand on. And so it's this, it's this mix of things that we do all the time. We have, you know, little failures and successes all, all the time. They're not separate and apart from each other. They're absolutely interconnected. And on the earlier hour, um, someone else was talking about um, failure, the idea of failure being a paradox, and that means a seemingly opposite. And, and that's, that's what we have to learn to embrace here. And that's what I learned to embrace. On that day, when I finally came to, and I contacted my Ebby and said, okay, I am done. I am out of ideas. I have completely failed. That was when my success in this particular um, aspect began. I had to accept that my efforts were completely ineffectual, even though they got me to where I was. I, I have to accept them and appreciate them for what they are. And so now what I look at is I fail forward. And when somebody calls me with a 10th step and they are in the middle of an emotional puddle, I am like doing a fist bump in the air going, yay, God, this is exactly where you want them. Because it's only when we get to that point of failing under our own human will can that power from God actually have a chance to get in. And I am so grateful for all of you who continue to show up every day, and I'm glad to be among you. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Gina. Uh, okay, I think I have uh, Sherry, KB. Is that right? Yes, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Gratefully recovered compulsive reader. And thank you so much for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line. And welcome to everybody. Welcome, newcomers. Um, to me, this these two paragraphs are about admitting complete defeat. This is about uh, dying of, of, of the will, of the self-will, um, of my disease. Um, this is about surrender. <clears throat> this is about, it's not failure, it's about finally admitting complete defeat so that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity is what to me this is about and what Bill's doing here with Abby. Um, 
that he, you know, his human will, his human will had failed. Um, and that's just to me, it's the it's the dying of self, it's the dying of the disease. Thank you, God. Um, and and God was doing for Bill and Abby what what neither one of them could do for themselves. And He says, like myself, He had admitted complete defeat. And finally, Bill is admitting complete defeat. He is now hitting a bottom so that it can be raised, like he can be raised from the dead, like I was raised from this disease, um, you know, because it was killing me. And uh, I finally had to admit complete defeat and that no power originated in, in me or anyone else that I've seen get recovered. And so you too can get recovered. Um, there's no difference in me than you. It's just I put the food down and uh, my higher power keeps it down for me with uh, being abstinent and working these steps and staying recovered. And that's what we all can have here. And that's what I think is such a miracle that these, this is about surrender. Um, I always think about the proper use of the will that it talks about on page um, 85 that, you know, for so long I was trying to run the show. I was trying to, I exhausted every avenue like here. And, um, and then I finally gave in, which was the best thing I could have done is to surrender to a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity and, and restore me into wholeness um, through working these steps. And there is a spiritual solution here because I had a spiritual malady. And um, I'm just very grateful with that. I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sherry KB. Okay, Terry H., your, your turn. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, bulimic, anorexic in very cold North Carolina. Happy New Year. Um, I like this where it says he made a point-blank declaration, Um, no fluff. He was matter-of-fact that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. And, you know, I'm coming up on a year of recovery, of being recovered. And it's been a miracle, you know. Um, everything that I tried to do in the past had failed. And until I exhausted all means, all my self-control, all my self-sufficiency, all my knowledge, I, w- I could not be open to God and what God could do for me. And um, I'm just so grateful that I was able to get to that point of, you know, that hopelessness and that powerlessness. You know, I know I'm powerless over my disease. Um, I was a scrap of heat. You know, um, I've been through it all. And, um, you know, I'm just very grateful that I had that willingness to, you know, ask someone um, to sponsor me and take me through this process um, so that I could have that spiritual experience. You know, today, and I, you know, I had to be open and willing to do things differently. Because what I was doing, I was dying. I was killing myself slowly, but I was dying in, in many, many ways. And so, you know, I was open to doing things willingly, um, differently. And um, I'm just really grateful that I had that willingness, um, you know, just to see, you know, God is not a punishing God. You know, it's, it's the people and the rules and the judgments. My God has always been there willing and loving and caring, waiting for me um, to be ready. And I'm just so grateful for that. Um, But, you know, anytime I think I can do it on my own, 
You know, I just get in a whole heap of mess. And so today my work is just to be open. Yes, my goal is to be of maximum service to others and, you know, and to my higher power. And, I, you know, I just want to be open and learn and grow each and every day. And, you know, without this program, without recovery, without a vision for you and the big book and the 12 steps, you know, I'd still be that heap of scrap, you know, just struggling every day. Um, today I'm enjoying life, happy, freedom, peaceful, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Terry H. Okay, we have Kathleen O. It's your turn. Thank you so much, Janice. Good morning. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And there had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. And Bill is seeing a flicker of light. I, too, was out of ideas. My self-knowledge availed me nothing. Um, frothy emotional appeal, appeals, you know. Bill was being told the same thing. People, his, his doctors and, and friends and whoever were probably telling him, Bill, you need to stop drinking. And people were telling me that, too, doctors, family, friends. But um, it wasn't working and didn't, didn't, you know, I would try. And, and I was out of tricks, you know. And as with Bill... Another person like me who had never been able to stop eating had tried all sorts of diets and read numerous self-help books. She told me about a meeting. And, and that's, you know, um, I've, I've heard Bill being quoted as um, saying, only a drunk can help another drunk. And I didn't really know this person, but I knew she had the same problem I had. And something was working for her. So it's like, okay, I want to go to this meeting. And so I went to the meeting and... I was able to put the food down and lose weight and, you know, go to three meetings a week and call three people every day. And it worked for several years until it stopped working. Um, I just was no longer hearing what I needed to hear. And I started resting on my laurels. Um, You know, my ego started creeping back in. I thought I could do it on my own. And so I'm so grateful to Vision. You know, I had another Ebby introduce me to, to Vision, which was exactly what I needed. Because I need to hear this every day. I need to get on a line with people who understand me, who we all think the same when it comes to, you know, not being, not being able to control food. And I knew I was powerless and I needed to find something greater than me and, and get out of my ego and keep connected with that. It was a God of my understanding that does for me what I can't do for myself. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to vision because I do need to hear all of you on the line every day. I need to connect with you. Um, and, and I love that, that we get a good dose of this big book there, you know, these, this book gives us the solution and I keep needing, needing, needing to be reminded of it, um, and stay connected with that higher power and stay connected with all of you. And, and when I do that, um, I, my life is just so much easier and calmer and peaceful and I have freedom from the food and I have freedom from the calamity that, that can go on around me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Kathleen. Oh, okay. We have, we, I can take a couple more. I might like to finish up a little bit earlier so we can get these newcomers that hopefully are here. Who would like to comment next? Holly B. Sarah M. 
All right. I didn't get the. I got the last initial. Somebody B. Polly. Sarah. Okay, Polly B. And whom else? Wendy M. Sarah. All right. We're gonna go with those two for now, and then God, loving God, will be to will be tomorrow. Wendy M. Did you say? Well, we'll just try it. Polly B. Please go ahead. Yes. Thank you for your service. This is Polly B. Grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. And um, this page reminds me of uh, the irony of so many years of being in my disease when I thought I could fix things. And uh, someone mentioned earlier, there is um, one needs to make mistakes in order to find other solutions. And only when I admitted complete defeat was I able to even see the lifeline the many lifelines of recovered uh, addicts like me um, who were able to show me the way. And until I admitted complete defeat, I couldn't believe there was a way. I couldn't believe or have faith that there's a manual that shows the program and the action steps that need to be taken to become recovered and stay recovered and grow a spiritual connection only when I admitted complete defeat could I let in a higher power and um, believe that others, you know, were recovered, are recovered, and will be recovered with this program. And um, the defeat felt awful at first, like I was giving up, but actually it was an amazing freedom because I didn't have to Uh, solve this problem. I couldn't solve this problem. And I didn't have to repeat the failures of not solving this problem by myself well. So uh, it was liberating. It was very uncomfortable at first because I didn't quite have faith in a higher power, but I came to believe and then had faith. And now it's, it's, um, I don't question it. It is everywhere. The miracle is everywhere. Don't give up. If you're wondering about it, it's there. Hang in there. And uh, it too will happen uh, if you follow these few simple rules. Thank you, everyone, for being here, and Happy New Year. I pass. And thank you, Polly B. Okay, Wendy M., it's your turn. Yes, good morning, Wendy M., gratefully recovered um, from Colorado. Uh, Thank you so much, Janice, for being of service today for all of us. Um, And... You know, what I want to say is, thank God my life didn't work. Thank God it was so dark. Um, because that's what I get to use to, in this program, right? Somebody earlier this morning said, my dark past is my greatest asset. You know, so the darkness is what guided me to the light, right? If it wasn't so dark, there was no way I was going to even begin to do what I'm doing. And I'm not doing any of it. And yesterday I was um, at a recovery event, an OA event, and people came up to me and they said, they didn't say, wow, you look great. They said, wow, recovery really looks good on you. You know, it wasn't about me. And I saw it in so many people. There were so many people lit up, so many people. God had entered their world, and the recovery was what I could see all over their face. You know, it wasn't – their personality or, you know, all these specific characteristics that make us look so great. 
It was, oh, my God, recovery looks great on you. You know, and that is so humbling and so beautiful that God has entered us. And there's, there's no way I couldn't have imagined anything like the life I have today. And it ain't perfect, right? I'm writing a 10 step this morning madly, like my husband did something. And it's just, it, it, it's making me feel like crap. And the difference today is I'm not going to him and reacting and telling him how it should go. What I'm doing is I'm writing a letter to God and saying, God, please enter me. Please show me how, how to do this. And I want to say something miraculous that happened yesterday. I was on the phone with my sponsee, and we were talking, and I don't know how this even came out of my mouth. And I said, you know what? Nothing is actually wrong with you. And then I said to her, and actually nothing is wrong with me. What is that? That is God. I'm like, what? That thought is not me. I've never thought that thought. I always had the belief something's actually wrong with me. And you know what? Nothing's wrong with any of us. Like God was like full on cheering when I was saying this to my sponsee and I wasn't even saying it. God's like, Wendy, I'm just going to use you for a minute here. And you are going to say nothing's wrong with you and nothing's wrong with me. And it's like, what? You mean this whole time it's been a lie that something's wrong with me and something's wrong with you? There's absolutely nothing wrong with us. We have defects of character. Absolutely. God will shine the light on those when, when they come, if we're willing, open and honest but there's actually nothing wrong with us. That is in the most freeing, incredibly like powerful, but mainly freeing thing I've ever heard God say to me thus far. And I wanted to share it with everybody else. Everybody have a good day and I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Wendy M. And I want to thank everyone who has shared uh, today. And uh, the share ID today for today, this morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, um, is 10,864. That's 10864. So I'm going to ask at this time uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Y, to please read um, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then on page 164. Hi, my name is... Hello, my name is Cynthia Y. New Year, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. Excuse me. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.